0: Hi, everybody. This is Denise speaking from C3 Centricity. It's great to have you back here for this week's podcast. It's called Why Customers Are the Answer to All Your Problems. Last week, I asked whether it is employees or customers who are more important to an organisation. Now, I knew it would be a provocative question, but I still didn't expect quite so many comments. So this week, I decided to be just as provocative and talk about the issues that challenge many businesses and where the answer to whatever problem they have is actually quite simple. For me, the answer is always the customer. So listen on and let me know what you think. How can I innovate more successfully? Now, according to an excellent article by Harvard professor Dr Srinipile, humans have a natural aversion to innovation because it involves a healthy dose of uncertainty and risk. Unfortunately, in business, we try to reduce this risk by referencing past events to help us to predict the probability of our future success. Dr Pillay concludes that possibilities rather than probabilities are more likely to lead to better results. I would concur with this statement as the world is changing too fast to rely on past events as a predictor of any eventual future success. This is why the customer is the answer. It is only by getting closer to our customers and remaining curious that we have any chance of increasing our success in satisfying them. Therefore, it makes sense that we involve our customers in helping us innovate. Not as a judge of concepts, we know that consumers don't know what they want, at least not until they see it. However, they do know what their pains are what is wrong with the product or service and what they would rather have. Co-creation and in fact ongoing discussions with our customers is the only way to stay ahead of the game. In another article, this time in the Harvard Business Review, Helter Martins, Iran Bartolomew Diaz and Somesh Khanna from McKinsey share the results of numerous interviews that they conducted in Silicon Valley, the home of US, at least, tech innovation. They conclude that it takes many skills and cultural changes for most organisations to become more innovative. These include audacity and grit the determination to continue despite failure and I would also add the acceptance of failure and the license for employees to fail as well. Strong leadership and true collaboration, an inspiring vision and the tenacity to make it happen together. Give employees autonomy. We all need meaningful work. The chance of helping an organisation grow is what motivates top employees. That and the freedom to make decisions based on clear goals, but without directive processes on how to meet these objectives. And finally, building platforms, not products. Now, this may be the hardest for many organisations to grasp. Giving your customers the opportunity to decide what and how they use what you produce and how it should be changed is the route to success. Networks and co-creation are the future that is already here. And the customer is the answer. Think like engineers and customers. Everyone in an organisation should be encouraged to look at problems from the customer's perspective. It always amazes me how we seem to take off our consumer hat when we arrive at our place of work. Know that money only gets you so far. Innovation has a much shorter shelf life than it used to. In fact, Best-in-class organisations have a continuous process ingrained into their culture. Get acquisitions right. Many companies are looking for acquisitions for a quick way to quick-start their innovation. But it is difficult to get the timing right. The current value is good, but potential growth is better. The article concludes with an interesting comment that it is... Leadership in business model innovation that offers the deepest and most transformational insights. And I would add, it's the customer too, of course. If innovation is a challenge for you and you know your process is not optimal, then you might like to read another post from C3 Centricity on this topic. It's called Improving Ideation insight and innovation, how to prevent further costly failures. Where do I find what issues my brand has? You're measuring your sales and hopefully the trend is upwards. You're following your distribution and hopefully it's expanding. You're calculating your profits and hopefully those are also rising. What else are you doing to follow your brand? You'd be amazed at just how many brand managers stop there, even those in major consumer packaged goods companies. It's not enough. You know nothing about your customers. Your forecasts are based on outdated information from the past. The health of your brand and a good estimate of at least its short-term future comes from working with your customers from brand image and equity to co-creation and observation your answer is always the customer brand image and equity measurements are vital for helping you to understand what current and potential clients think about your brand If you want to learn more about the topic, then I would suggest that you read another post called What Every Marketer Needs to Know About Brand Image, Equity, Personality and Archetypes. There is an additional bonus in following your brand image and that is that it acts as an early warning signal. This is because it almost always starts the decline before your sales do. The reason for this is that we are all creatures of habit, retailers included. Change is difficult as a decision has to be made, so we tend to continue with the same products and services until something important happens. Important in the eyes of the customer, that is. It may be a new brand introduction, a price promotion, bad publicity or negative comments on social media if these are important enough to customers then they may decide to change brands and if this impacts a lot of customers the sales decline can be fast and significant better therefore to follow your image as well as the comments on social media social media platforms can provide a wealth of information about your brand of course Different people adopt different platforms for different uses. And Pew Research ran a useful analysis in their Social Media Update 2016 report of the demographic similarities and differences of channels in the US. It is definitely worth a read to understand these differences as well as to identify the best platforms for your own brands. Another good source of social media statistics is from Smart Insights. Their Global Social Media Research Summary 2017 combines information from numerous sources and provides a global perspective. The sort of information that can be gathered from social media includes natural vocabulary used by your customers, Issues customers have with products and services, often in real time. Trending topics of interest. Now, I would suggest you use trend alerts rather than the keyword tool from Google because it's much faster to be updated. And lastly, regional or country differences from topic frequencies. Observation and listening in person can provide extra benefits that social media can't. The two information sources are thus complementary. In fact, I would consider them to be the best way to identify brand issues long before running any market research surveys. For more on best practices in customer closeness sessions, check out the post five rules of observation, and why it's hard to do effectively. How can I grow my brand more profitably? As you know, there are basically only three ways to grow your business. Get more customers to buy, get customers to buy more, or get customers to buy more frequently you will see that all three ways involve the customer. Of course they do. My favourite quote says, there may be customers without brands, but there are no brands without customers. I'm sure you've heard me say that many, many times before. But just think about it for a moment, please. A simple but profound statement, don't you think? Therefore, your customer is the solution to your business growth and profitability. And speaking of which, sometimes a business is growing, but is done so by slashing prices and being on constant promotion. This doesn't grow your brand, it demolishes it, both its value and reputation. Read more about this and heed the warning in the post, Are you on your way to brand heaven or hell? A far better way to grow more profitably is to understand the value that you offer to your customers. This is done through a PSM or price sensitivity measurement, a brand price trade-off study, BPTO, or some sort of similar survey on pricing. These will provide you with the information you need to understand your customer's perception of the value you offer. Whether your price is too high or too low, you're leaving money on the table and it could be more profitable. Why is market research not enough to understand my customers? There are so many reasons why running market research is insufficient to really know and understand your customers and your business. I don't know where to start, but here are a few reasons that I've come up with. And by the way, if you find any more that you can think of, I'd love you to add them into the comments box in the post. Number one, projects are sample based. Number two, they are at best snapshots of current opinions and behaviours. Number three, the information can quickly become outdated, especially today. Number four, they ask questions. Number five, they have limited focus. Number six, people don't tell the truth. Number seven, people don't know what they do or why they do it. Number eight, results are extrapolated. And Number nine, results are often open to interpretation. Now, I could go on and on with this list. And again, please feel free to add other comments in the box on the post. But you get the idea. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of market research, but done by experts. Unfortunately, with the ease of connecting with people online and the simple survey platforms offered for free, it's easy for anyone to run a research project today. It's great that people see the benefit of surveys, but as the subtitle of this section mentions, it's not enough for truly knowing and understanding your customers. And also, if the reasons that I gave earlier are not enough, there's even something else. The biggest issue from my perspective is that understanding takes far more information than any single market research project can provide. Yes, it may deliver certain answers to a finite number of questions, but to understand your customer, you need to get intimate. I wrote a blog on just this topic, which you might want to check out for a more detailed plan on getting to know your customers. It's called Four Free Ways to Connect with Customers for World-Class Understanding. Why are customers always the answer? There are many organisations that understand the importance of the customer, and yet they still hesitate to start walking the talk of customer centricity. If you're one of them, then here are a few statistics that might just convince you and your bosses of their importance. Did you know that customer-centric organisations are 60% more profitable Or that the average revenue growth of customer experience leaders is 14 percentage points higher than that of the laggards. Or that 64% of people think that customer experience is more important than price in their choice of brand. Now, I don't think Anyone can read those numbers or hear those numbers and not be excited by the potential for growth. So what are you waiting for? In conclusion, as you've heard, our customers can provide many, if not all, the answers to almost any question we may have about our businesses. After all, we are in business to make a difference to our customers' lives in one way or another. So it is surprising that we still go looking for our answers elsewhere. If I haven't highlighted your own main business challenge for 2017, then please go to the blog post and add it into the comments. I'm sure the customer will still be the answer, but I'm open to being proven wrong. And if you're ready to start walking the talk of a customer-first strategy, then why not book a free half-hour advisory session with me so we can go through all your priorities together. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And if you did, then I would really appreciate it if you went on to iTunes and gave us a rating and a great comment. It really does help to get the word out about the importance of the customer and it would also be a great privilege and pleasure for me to read your comments. So until next time, this is Denise Drummond-Dunn from C3 Centricity. Bye for now.